0: The call for proposals for Voice Summit 2020 is available now. Having the opportunity to speak at Voice Summit will be highly competitive this year. So if you'd like the chance to be a speaker at this year's event, fill out the form at voicesummit.ai and click on apply to speak. Proposals are only open until January 31st. So be sure to get yours in now. That's voicesummit.ai and click on apply to speak. As voice grows, more brands will want to have a unique voice to represent them instead of the automated voice of Alexa or Google Assistant. Judy Fossum is a professional voice actor, and you'll hear her talk about how to hire, choose, and work with a voice actor for your voice skill and how she's getting into the space herself. Hi, Inside Voice podcast listeners. This is your co host, Carrie Roberts. And today, my guest is Judy Fossum, a professional voice actor. Welcome, Judy. Thanks for being here.
1: Oh, thank you, Carrie. I appreciate it.
0: Now, you've been in voice acting for quite a long time and received a lot of training. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got into voice acting and how you've seen the industry evolve over time? Sure.
1: Well, for me, it's been a culmination of skills. I'm a 44. But I started in radio in 1989. So that's quite a ways back. And that's how I got my start with the behind the mic audio thing. It was my part time job in high school small town, North Dakota. I was a DJ for my part-time job during school and I absolutely fell in love with it. So that's how I kind of got the whole audio bug behind me. So I went to school for mass communications and I thought I wanted to do the news and be in like a news anchor on television. That's what I thought I wanted to do. And that just didn't, work. I tried out for our campus news program, and I think I tried out like four times and bit the dust four times. It just didn't happen. But I always worked behind the scenes. And one of the first things I did was worked on the audio board with the microphones, hint, hint, any case. And then I had internships in radio reporting and anchoring for Minnesota Public Radio. And then I went on to work at a couple of different stations in the Fargo-Moorhead area, so on the border of North Dakota and Minnesota. Any case, worked as a news anchor and news reporter. So still behind the microphone, but still doing the radio thing again, the TV thing, yeah, no, no, didn't turn out. So I went back to school again for meteorology, and that took me to Colorado where I studied at University of Northern Colorado and got my second degree there in 2002. Before I graduated, I had several different internships. One was for television station in Denver, Colorado. Again, trying to do the whole TV in front of the camera thing with a chroma key and whatnot and a green screen behind me. Yeah, that didn't work either. So this was learning how to forecast the weather and then being able to tell people about the weather. Did some research in meteorology. Didn't like that either. It was interesting, but not what I wanted to do all the time. And then the summer of 99 and also the summer of 2001, my memory serves me correctly. I interned for a forecasting company in Cheyenne, Wyoming, which is where I currently live and do voice acting full time. In any case, they did a lot of radio, custom radio forecasts for radio stations all along kind of the spine, the eastern spine of the Rocky Mountains. So there was the radio thing and being behind the microphone. And that's where I learned how to do a lot of the recording. So it's been a culmination of those skill sets of just loving the whole radio audio thing and never quite getting the whole camera television thing. I don't even own a camera for that matter. So all of those combinations of skill sets, I absolutely love them and love them to this day. When I was still a meteorologist, I started like Googling voiceovers or voice acting. I think I did voiceovers at the time. So this was in 2005, 2006, somewhere around there, and I found voice acting classes down in Denver at the Denver Center for Performing Arts. So I started off with my first voiceover class, you know, almost 15 years ago. And I took class, several classes in Denver. And then I've been to California to take classes, performance classes. And you don't always have to travel to the specific area to get your training. A lot of coaches, because they're on the coasts, they will teach via just the plain old phone. They'll teach via Skype. Um, sometimes you're able to to cash in on a webinar where you can talk live on a webinar and get different advice as far as performance skills and acting skills and things like that. So between all of that training and the background and everything, and I just wanted something different. So I started my voiceover business in 2011. And I worked voiceover part-time while being a meteorologist. And then March 1st of 2014, I became my own boss, business owner, entrepreneur, and have been doing voiceovers full-time since then. So behind the mic since 89, bunch of different skill sets and things learning and still taking classes. That's, I think, is always important to do. And then, like I say, I started my business almost six years ago. And that is one thing that has evolved. In 1989, I don't even think... It, voiceover, voice acting as a career. I I hadn't even heard of it. I kind of knew of the word, but it wasn't a career choice back then. So that is something that has definitely changed because back in the day, 80s and even into the 90s before the advent of the internet and things of that nature, you had to be perhaps probably in LA, London, New York, Chicago to even do what I do now because you would go into the studio, you know, in person and audition. Now I audition from home. I record things from home. I am not an audio engineer, but I certainly know how to put down a clean, quiet track that maybe an audio engineer may use for another project or a clean, quiet track, meaning there's no reverb or there's no like echo in the background or the wash machine isn't on, the dog isn't barking and, and all of that type of stuff. So with all of that technology and the equipment, some of those prices have come down. So one of the changes I've seen, I don't have any numbers, of course, but it's easier to get into voice acting, if you will, just because of the fact that it's less expensive to enter into it with equipment and, you know, technology. However, note to the wise here, just because, you know, someone has a computer and a microphone doesn't mean they're a voice actor. You have to take the classes, just like with anything else. You know, you get a degree or you take classes and I don't know, you're going to be any electrician. You know, you don't just go by the tools and say, hey, I'm an electrician. No, you get the training to do that before you open your own business and, you know, continue to work with people. So just a little bit of a note on that. I'm all about education. There is no degree for voice acting, but there are voice acting classes in a number of genres. And of course, business classes and accounting classes because I frankly I own my own business so yeah all that ties into everything so the entry to voice acting just because of technology that has changed and that will probably continue to change but again you still have to have the training and the acting chops to back that up if you're going to make it a sustainable full-time business for yourself I've learned that and I think people are finally understanding this that if you are in voice acting okay you're a voice actor yes but you have to run it like a business you know I do have some agents and I do auditions on a daily basis I just got done with three auditions but most of the work I find is the stuff I find myself through marketing and LinkedIn and yeah some Facebook stuff out there but I'm honestly I haven't gotten hired through Facebook yet but you know you still have a presence for your business phone calls yes old-fashioned and phone calls, pick up the phone and follow ups and running it more like a business rather than relying on, say, an agent or, you know, somebody to find you your work. Those are definite changes. And I think that will continue to be the way that you're going to have to do this if you want to do it is. You have to find your own work and be friendly and prompt and efficient with your job and do the best audio, best acting, best performance you can for your client. And yeah, those are some of the... That was a very long answer.
0: (laughs) And I apologize. I I think it's great because I think, you know, most people hear about voice acting, but like you said, they maybe don't know what it is. The cost of entry is lower now, but as you're saying, it's like anything else. It's still about finding people who put in the effort, the work, have the quality that really make the difference in what they do on a day-to-day basis.
1: I've just saying that that's for any business. When you start, depending upon the week, weeks are different, but maybe 90% of my week is behind the microphone and 10% is marketing. Well, it could be 90% marketing and making phone calls and sending emails and 10%, you know, actually voicing a project as I call it. I think it's so important. You have to look at it as a business. It's great to make funny voices and whatever behind the microphone, but you really have to treat it as a business.
0: Yeah. And I think it's also my backgrounds in dance. And I think anything that comes from an artistic creative expression, voice, music, writing, dancing, all of those things have value and do take a lot of work behind it. So for people that are not in those industries, it's important for them to understand the amount of effort you put into what you do every day.
1: It is. Like you say, well, as a dancer, you've taken classes, you practice, you've gone to auditions. Same thing with voice acting. You take classes, you continue to take classes, you practice, and you audition. In voiceover, voice acting, to be more specific, it's very subjective. If your voice doesn't fit the product or the service that your client needs the voiceover for, they're not going to hire you. And you you learn, you just can't take it personal because and that's the thing about voice is everybody sounds different. They bring those different human experiences to those projects and to those scripts. We'll probably talk about that a little later, but that's where the human unique voice comes in.
0: Yeah, you know, and the reason I wanted to bring you on is because one of the things we're noticing in voice technology is the need for brand personalization, and not just with sonic branding, but with actual human voices as well. Because when a brand uses the default voice of the system, it's actually using the brand of the product, such as Amazon or Google, and it starts to make all the voice skills start to sound the same. So can you share with us your journey into voice acting for voice skills specifically?
1: Well, a lot of it comes from just training that I have had. When I work on, and to be honest, hiring a full-time, professionally trained voice actor to help with the voice skill from, you know, I'm in different groups of voice actors and you don't hear about it a lot. So to be perfectly honest, I've only done one skill, but it was like a conversation written in the form of like a dialogue. And that's where the voice acting comes in because we Learned how to break down that script in the classes that we take. You take voice acting classes and, you know, acting classes and improv classes and all of that. So you learn where to emphasize certain words, where you put those inflections. It's either an up or a down or somewhere in the middle or it's super excited or, well, this is, you know, very boring. You know, you tweak the words of the skill or the script within the context of the whole thing. So you color, if you will, these words and these phrases with different pacing. And it's like how you and I are talking, not like talking like this, because Mm -hmm. it sounds like that is not okay. If you want a robot, I mean, that's fine, but it doesn't work for everything. And it's that training. And then you bring in your own personal experiences. And that's what makes the context of the script that you're working on as a professional voice actor, that's what makes it unique. It brings in, well, your training, of course, but everybody's life experience is different and their voice is different. And that's what brings the differentness if you will, to the skill or to the brand. So it doesn't all sound like Alexa or Siri or Cortana. I think that's the other name. And because that's essentially you're selling, say, a brand or a commercial or a skill, a game, something like that. It's generally speaking, it's to one person, person to person, human to human. And you're trying to sell, not all the time, but a lot of the time you're trying to send. It's emotive. It's human. It's human. It's unique to everybody and they are the people who bring, if they're trained again, to bring that unique emotion to those skills so that those skills, product, service, message, whatever it is, can connect with someone else on an emotional basis. Because otherwise, it's just going to go in one ear and out the other. And that's so important now because there's so much content and so much stimuli, if you will, audio and visual and is something to stand out, to make a connection, you know, one person to another.
0: Yeah, I cannot agree more. And I think it's an important point that you just made that even though it's a big brand and you're thinking of all these people, when it's the voice interaction, it's really two people. Like you're mm-hmm. talking to an actual person and that makes a difference. I would suggest that most companies probably don't really know how to work with a voice actor, especially in the voice tech space, as I would assume it's different than doing a 30 second commercial on television. Can you take us through the process of kind of the three steps that a company would do? So they have to choose someone to hire. Well, first of all, where would they find someone to hire? How do they choose someone? And then how do they work with that voice actor? Starting out with the
1: hiring process, there's plenty of different routes you can go. One is to reach out to Google casting agents or casting directors where you live. And they have a roster of people who they will send out your audition to. And when I say your audition, you're going to want to have as a developer some type of a script. It may not be your final script that you're going to use with the skill, but something so that you can hear how that voice talent, how that voice actor is going to connect with your script. And if that's the voice that you want, the casting director will send out the auditions. They'll get them back from the voice actors and then they'll send them to you. Then you pick and you hire. And in this case, and you're invoiced and everything after everything is done, the invoice would go to the casting agent and the casting director, and then they, in turn, would pay the voice talent. Another way is through LinkedIn. I am a big fan of LinkedIn. And you can just search. You can do something very general professional voice talent. But like I said before, do your due diligence. Get references. Ask to hear their demos because again, they may have a computer and a microphone. That's all great. But if they don't have a quiet place to record, if they don't have the acting chops, you're not going to get the product that you want for your skill. It's not going to have that emotive connection. So just kind of buyer beware, but do diligence. Go on the voice actor's website, you know, ask folks that, you know, maybe they've worked with them. So certainly go through that. Like myself, I'm on LinkedIn. Go ahead and, you know, check me out. Judy Fossum, J-U-D-Y-F-O-S-S-U-M. I'm there and my contact information is there, but that's another good place to look for talent. And there's also something called voiceover.biz. Voiceover One Word dot .biz. This is a roster of vetted professional voice talent in many different languages, and so you can maybe you need something in Spanish or you need something in Hindi or you know whatever the case is, British female or whatever it is that you need for your skill. This is a place where, like I say, they're vetted and they know. They have a professional quiet studio. They can give you a quiet, clean voice track for your skill that you can insert into your skill. So, those definitely three places casting agents and directors, LinkedIn and voiceover.biz. Now on LinkedIn and voiceover.biz, in those cases, you would be working with the voice talent directly. So they would invoice you directly and you would pay them check PayPal, whatever, however, you know, however the voice talent does it. That's how you would pay them directly and work directly with them. Now from you, we talked about the auditions. So a script and we take some improv classes. Yes, but we really do work with scripts all the time. We work with words. So from a developer standpoint for voice technology, we need a script from you to work with and something that is easy to read. Think of what you would want to read. You know, you don't want five point font. You know, you want 12 point font and double spacing would be, you know, that's awesome in a Word doc or you can put it on Excel. Something that is just organized so we know what we need to record. And then also with that, how you want the audio to be saved, like with specific labeling. Do you want it, just for example, Carrie-Roberts-1? carry-roberts-2. Dash dash For alt, maybe it's split up by sentence, maybe it's a phrase, and so those are also things that you as a developer need to decide, and I'm not privy to this, but it would. I suppose it would be how it, you would be able to fit the audio into the skill. And so those are things that we as voice actors need as well. And then we also need to know the audio format. What is the bit rate? What is the kilohertz? What is the sample? Do you need an MP3? Do you need an AIF? Do you need a WAV file? Those are all things. There, It's super simple for us to do. We just need to know what that is so that we can get you the correct formatted file so that it'll actually play in the skill when you insert it. And the process for me, then, once I'm hired for a project, I simply get all of the information from you. Oh, I forgot one thing. is some performance direction, and that can be tough, especially if you've never hired before. But, you know, you want it with a great smile on their face and lots of energy or... Yeah, I'm bored and this is not cool, or you know, whatever the case is. Do you want it authoritative? Do you want it more professional? Do you really want it to sound like a kid? You know, that type of a thing. So, some direction there, and the more specific you can be, the better on that because that helps us. Yeah, we'll use our training, but because you're the client, we need to know what you want as well. That helps down the line with time and with money as well. It just makes the process go a lot more efficiently. So, once all that is done if i'm hired for something have the script audio format it's actually pretty simple you just sit back and relax and we take care of it from there i record it obviously i do a qc of the audio to make sure that i have all the words correct and then i'll do any re-recordings if i need to do that i will edit the audio meaning i will mitigate breaths i won't silence them or i won't take them out completely so it doesn't sound like a you know a 30 minute disclaimer so you don't hear the <gasps> you get the point I mitigate those so that they aren't so noticeable or silenced altogether. I will add a little bit of audio processing to that if you would like me to. Make sure that things are normalized to minus 3 dB. You don't have to worry about that. That's just something on our end so that we know that we have a good clean signal that you can hear properly and we send you the audio and then we invoice you. And that's pretty much how it works.
0: Do you find that people give pretty good performance direction in the beginning? Or do you find that a lot of people say, I don't know what I want, or maybe they get something back and then they say, oh, well, I want something a little different. Like, do you have any suggestions on how to improve their performance direction based on experiences you've had? I forgot to
1: add one thing. And I think a lot of voice talent do this too, especially if you haven't worked with anybody before. Say they give you some direction, say with a smile um, professional, like you're talking to your next door neighbor or something like that. I'll use, do a small snippet of the, say it's a five minute project, just for example. Maybe I'll do 30 seconds or a minute because you can tell pretty quickly if they have the tone that you want. I'll send it to them and see, and I'll have the client listen to it. And then they'll give me feedback and I won't record anything else until I hear back from them because that'll save time in the long run. One thing that can help is who is your skill for? You know, are you reaching out to mothers? Are you reaching out to iguanas? Are you reaching out to eight-year-olds? Knowing who you want to sell the skill to will help you decide how to give direction to us, if that makes any sense. And the more specific, the better. Certainly people have different timbers of voice. You're going to hear what it's a really high voice or a really low voice, somewhere in between. You're going to know that right away. And, th- and that's where those auditions, those are so important to you to listen to before you make the decision. And, you know, sometimes there is a little bit of back and forth. Sometimes what I have done, and this can make you don't have to do it for the whole session, but we can do what I call a live session through, I Guess we could do it through Zoom, but mostly it's through the phone or through Skype, or I have a service called Source Connect or IPDTL where you can listen to me in a session. And then you can well, listen and talk to me and give me direction as I go. And maybe you only need to do it for the first skill and say you develop another skill. Oh, we know what we want. You know, she's good or he's good and he knows the direction that we want because we've worked together before. So those are all ways to do it. And I will make another suggestion with the script writing People kind of cringe when I tell them this, but when you're writing, unless I guess if it is super technical, which it can be sometimes, it's a very conversational, kind of a fun, kind of a more of a storyline, even if it's some type of learning, because you want the learning to be fun and engaging for the user too. When you're writing the script, write it out and then say it out loud. Don't just say it in your head because you will hear Oh, well, that sounded weird, or that doesn't make sense if I say it out loud that way. Because you have to think of your end user too, how they're going to hear it. And that will make for a more efficient script. It'll make for one that is more natural for the voice actor to use too.
0: Yeah. And I think from the voice tech world, if somebody's not a one person show, you know, the strategy lead and the conversational designer is probably who's going to work mostly with someone like yourself. They are the ones, you know, thinking about the thing as a whole. They're also the ones that are doing the actual script writing, similar to a playwriter, you know, and then they're kind of giving direction as well to you. So I think this is a really good breakdown. Why do you think having a specific human voice matters for a brand, especially within this voice tech world?
1: Well, brands and companies are made of people. And they're trying to get their message out about their products and their services. We talked, we touched on this earlier. It's about how to, okay, you need soap for, your, for washing your clothes. It's an emotion. Is it easy to measure? You know, will it make your clothes all clean so that you don't have to wash them six times? It, it makes you feel good. There's, I guess the point I'm getting at is that there is an emotion to the product and or Brand and or service you 're selling you know is it empathy, is it trust, is it compassion and it 's how people who have the business because they 're made of people, how that brand company made of people, make these people feel because that 's that human one on one connection yes you 're trying to sell two million jugs of laundry detergent, but if it doesn't get your clothes clean, you're going to be mad, and that's going to be your emotion to that. If it makes it clean right away, your laundry, hey, that makes you feel good. This was easy. It's all mixed up with the emotions. You're not going to use something that didn't work before, makes you feel bad. You're going to use something that, or maybe that is the emotion you want, is, you know, at least to conjure up some empathy or, you know, maybe a little bit of sadness kind of pulls at your heartstrings. It's that one to one, human to human emotion. I like to liken it to think of a song. You have a song in your head or it's playing on the radio or, you know, Spotify, Pandora, whatever. And it brings you back to a certain memory. And, you know, you feel something specific. You remember something specific. It could be good or bad, happy or sad, whatever the case is. But it is an emotion. It's conjuring up, you know, logos, absolutely. Colors and all of that has a place. I have certain colors on my website. It's all part of it. But sometimes audio is... I don't want to say it takes a backseat, but people kind of, I don't want to say forget about it, but we've been so much visual stimuli and that's great because we do need it. But to have more of a combination of the two because it's so, voices are so specific to people and yeah, it brings an emotion to the brand. Again, think of the songs, how they made you feel.
0: And sound also uses your brain in a different way than visuals do. And I I love that you're really talking about that it's people. It's not brand, it's not company. This group of people trying to connect with this group of people in a one-to-one way in an audio experience. Like we are right now, just two human beings talking. And I, I love that you're breaking it down in such a simple way because I think sometimes we get so much into that technical business space. We forget these are people trying to connect with people.
1: I can't agree more, and like we've said, every voice is different. And everybody connects with different voices, you know, differently. Is it going to be, you know, is the one voice going to connect with 4 million people at once? No, probably not. <laughs> but, you know, the brands and companies at least paying or being aware of it a little bit more and how that can help bring some value. You know, I guess if we want to get on the business side of things, bring some value to their brand and to reach out to people in a little bit more personal way, if you will.
0: Yeah. Can you share with us any successes that brands you've worked with have seen from working with you or other voice actors in general and when it comes to engaging with voice skills, if possible?
1: Well, again, it's so new. Okay, skills have been around, you know, with the echoes and all of that. That's been around for a while. Voice acting has been around for a while, but the meshing of the two seems to be fairly new. So like I say, I've only worked on one skill and it was a connection I made through LinkedIn. It's called LifeVenture. So, you know, I guess you could go on your smart speaker and download LifeVenture and play the game. I've only done one. I don't know all of the specs on the success of downloads or anything like that. So I can't attest to those numbers, but I can say it was a great experience for me. I had a, worked with a wonderful developer, super professional, very efficient. This particular developer, it was written in Excel. And like the left column had what we needed or what he wanted me to save the, I think it was by sentence, what he wanted me to save that as. And he gave me the format that was needed, and I sent it on its way. I do think this is maybe, again, I can only go by my experience and what I've heard a lot of other voice actors do. It seems to be in its infancy for now. So it's a lot of education. It's us keeping our acting skills up and connecting with developers and working with them to show the value in that it's, it's something different. Not everything has to sound like Alexa or Siri or Cortana or Bob or Jim. Or, you know what I mean? Um, they can be different because the voice actors are out there. It's a living, breathing, you know, rather large industry that not a lot of people know about. So I've only done the one, to be honest, done and said, but it was a really, really good experience for me. So that was awesome. And it helps with skill sets and acting, all of that. So it was a win-win on both sides. And I am working on a couple of other projects right now having kind of to do. It's not necessarily or could be part of a skill and other things. I'm not at liberty to say anything right now.
0: Yeah, and I think of just using voices in general and voice skills. So one that has been done really well, in my opinion, was Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, which is the show by NPR. Are you familiar with that one? Mm -hmm, I am. They have a voice skill, and that was actually done by VaynerSmart. And when I used that skill, I loved it because they had the actual gentleman who does the show. So it's his voice that you're interacting with. So not only does it pull from the show he does that's recorded... But now you kind of feel like you're talking to him. And the experience is totally different than when I've tried to use a voice skill that uses Alexa's voice because I have Amazon Alexa at home. And then I use maybe a third skill and that also has an Amazon Alexa voice. And it starts to kind of feel like everything just sounds the same. And so for me, that was a skill that I think did using a voiceover, obviously a famous voice that's attached to something already really made a difference in the experience that I had with that skill versus something else.
1: And there you were talking about that. It's kind of the branding, kind of, because mm-hmm. people know his voice. Yes. So there was a nice emotion, you know, whatever emotion you're trying to get, you know, from your skill, but you recognize the voice. And you, it was like, like you said, you were talking to him, not talking to a piece of plastic and wiring. You were talking to a person or talking with having a conversation with a person, not having a conversation with an object. Yes. and I think that makes a difference. And that might be a way, and maybe a lot of people who own the smart speakers don't even know about all the different skills that there. are I sure know I don't um, know about all of the different skills that there are out there. And this might be a way to, you know, differentiate them and, you know, introduce people to it. Hey, it's not like you're talking to a piece of plastic that's in the middle of your counter. I mean, it's not a live conversation, but at least it's one that is, in all of the great technology that connects people, sometimes people are still really disconnected and you hear of people still being super, super lonely. So bringing that human touch and that emotion, that's not always perfect all the time, that's okay because that's what people relate to. Yeah, I think it's important.
0: Yes, I cannot agree more. I am all about the human connection and I think you're right. It's a great way to kind of, create connection because then, you know, the next step of a voice skill could be to call them on the phone or connect with them online. And then you do chat with a real person. And so it kind of keeps that same feeling throughout. So if people want to learn more about what we talked about today, or they want to connect with you, where can they do that, Judy?
1: Well, thank you for um, indulging me in this. Um, they can certainly welcome to check out my website, which is simply judyfossumvoiceovers.com. You can listen to demos there and some videos and whatnot. Um, go ahead and email me. I'll be happy to answer any questions you have. And my email address is judy at Judy Fossum Voiceovers. It is plural.com. And go ahead and, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn. Love to hear from you. Answer questions how best I can. And on there, I'm just Judy Fossum. And if I can answer your question, at least I might be able to get you in the right direction to somebody who could help you out.
0: Perfect. And as you were just mentioning earlier, one of the biggest issues in voice right now is the marketing component, is getting people aware of what's out there. And so we like to ask the question at the very end of this show if there is a current flash briefing or voice killer experience that you've used and really enjoy at this time.
1: You know, I can't say that I can. And to be honest with you, (laughs) you're going to love this. I don't even own a smart
0: speaker. So see, we are here educating (laughs) each other, one another. So those that are listening, our job is not done here to continue (laughs) to educate on voice and all help one another. Well, thank you so much, Judy, for being here, really breaking down these steps and showcasing the importance of having a human voice as part of your brand and as part of those creating voice skills as well.
1: You are welcome, Carrie. Thanks for asking me. I greatly appreciate it. This has been great fun.
0: Thank you for listening to the Inside Voice podcast. We greatly appreciate you being a part of our community. And if you enjoyed this episode or you like the podcast, we would love it if you would subscribe, follow, like, share, leave a review of the show. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, people you want to see on the show, things you want to learn, feel free to send us an email at, at modev.com. That's K-E-R-I at M-O-D-E-V dot com. And be sure to check us out online at voicesummit.ai. Thank you. And we look forward to chatting with you next week.